I know we don't have service this evening, and many of you are going to go be with your children and your grandchildren today. I remember last year when I spoke to you, take my bones with you. You remember? Here we are a year later, and I still have something to say to you. Almost as if I were trying to transfer to you something that will hold you when my voice no longer sounds in your ear. Because God does not give immortality to his people on this earth. Many of you have said goodbye to lots of precious saints who were elemental and elementary in your life. I know Brother John Predmore, I was just talking with my folks this week, and he shared that there was someone in this congregation long since passed away who would invite Brother Don over to their house after service when he was 18 years old, and they anchored him as a teenager because he had no family that came to church with him. Being part of a church is part of being a family. It helps you on the left and the right. I am so blessed that I have had two women. My mother has been with me all my life and sister JJ Jostrand has been with me for almost 42 years of it. And I've been married longer than I lived at home. So I certainly cannot attribute what I am to my upbringing. My formative years left a mark on me, but I have made choices to be where I am. So I don't aspire or adhere to the victimization that we hear. Uh, my parents did X, Y, Z, and therefore I am. I'm standing here in front of you saying, you are the product of the choices you make. And your children will be the product of the choices they make. That's not to say that we shouldn't all try to help and give a foundation. My parents brought me to church until I was old enough to request to come myself. My mother and dad never gave me the option of coming to church. They never said, would you like to go? It was understood until I was married that I was going to church. This deal of 18 and able to drink and vote didn't work in my house. In fact, I probably had more fear of my parents than I did of God because them I could see. God, he might have been a little more merciful than my mom and dad. I'm telling you what, my mother and dad believed in discipline, not punishment. They measured it out and meted it out, but I had a very healthy respect for them for which I'm very grateful because there are worse things than displeasing your parents. And that first parental line is set there so that you learn the aspect and the principle of reverence. Kids who violate that are gonna have children who violate it with them. You know that? You yield to authority because you're gonna exercise it. You wanna be honorable all your life and the only way to do that is to be honorable in your relationships, whether they're parental, or employee, employer, student, teacher, church. It's choices. It's always been choices. And getting by doesn't do anything but cheat you. And I've told this anecdote before, but I'm gonna tell it again. Supposedly there was a man who was a carpenter. 
He was a master builder and he had an apprentice. And he trained this young apprentice to do everything he knew and he raised him up by degrees, teaching him the arts and the skills of carpentry. And the young man learned his craft under this master builder who had no children of his own, but taught this young man everything he knew. And they began to flourish and the business prospered. And they began to make a good sum of money and the young man began to see his own strength and his own ability and his own skills. And his mentor said, I'm gonna take a trip. I'm gonna be gone for six months. This is the next house that we're gonna build. Here are the plans. Here's what I want you to do. And he had always taken direction from him before because he was learning. And so he, he'd always respect, and the man came, grew to love this young man because he was just obedient and he was respectful and he was learning. He, this young man earned his mentor's trust by his choices. He said, I'm gonna turn this over to you. You know how to do it. And somewhere between the learning and the stepping into the shoes, just a little seed of bitterness got in there. One little voice of ingratitude. He's making more money than you. He's been cheating you. He's, he's short shrifting you. You work hard, you're younger than he is. You could take this business in a minute. You could take all his clients. You could split the business. Here's what you need to do. I don't know if his wife was talking to him or his parents or somebody sowed a seed of doubt. And so the young man said, you know what? I'm gonna cut some corners. I'm, I, we don't need to do it this well. And I'm gonna pocket the difference that I make in the profit. And so he did just exactly that. He cut corners. Only someone who knew would know that what he was building wasn't the real deal. You know, just a little something here and a little something there. Six months later, the house was finished and the builder came home and said, you did a fine job, son. Here are the keys to the house. <laughs> at the end of your life, at the end of my life, we are gonna inherit what we built or what we didn't. I don't want a facade. You know what a facade is? It's the front that you see in all those Westerns. There's nothing there but a front and a piece of plywood holding it up. And behind it, there's no building. There's just the appearance of a building. So I wanna bring you something from the word of the Lord, I have four things to give you today. Those of you who are starting out and those of you who are in the middle of your journey and those of you who might be coming to the end. The principles never change for us. Age changes and I am learning, I am learning myself to say to the Lord, can you take me through this? I've never been here before. You see, age doesn't prevent you from going through new things. In fact, it accelerates it. 
suddenly whatever appearance of control you might have had doesn't exist as you begin to age because everything you depended on starts going. And so there's the new you, the new weaker you, the new you that's not 20-something anymore. And if you live long enough, you're going to go there and you're going to have to resolve in your mind whether God is powerful enough to take you through this new thing. Matthew 24, verses 12 and 13. And I want you to put that up, Brother Justin. It's 1101. And I stand between you, your gift, and your lunch. Matthew 24. Jesus said this after he prophesied all the signs of the end. He said, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So what we're looking at here is what chips away at passion. It's called anomia, and it means lawlessness. And I've been scanning headlines like I do, and a young woman took offense at the fact that in 2019, her school in Pennsylvania, it was her high school, requested that the young women not wear pants because they did not want them to see the cuffs of their pants underneath their graduation gown. And she decided on her own initiative that this is 2019, we've been wearing pants for 100 years. This was not a private school, it's a public school. But she just decided that that was an opportunity for her to challenge a law. Just to challenge it. To me, it's inconsequential whether you have a cup showing under your and nobody cared enough because it was no big deal, but it was a big deal to her. Because we are in an hour now where people are pushing against all laws. Yes. And they're chipping away at all structures. If you can chip away at this, then you can chip away at that. And it's, the issue is not, is this right or wrong? The issue is, who gave you the authority to put that structure there? I want to tear that down. We are living in a tear down world. And Jesus said because there's so much tearing down, people are going to get hard. The incidents of unforgiveness and the lack of mercy and the passion that you feel, you're just going to get worn out. You know why? Because every time you tear something down, if you don't replace it with something else, then everything that was out there that you were trying to keep away is going to fill the space. Amen. We've learned this in the Middle East. Every time they remove one puppet dictator, something much worse comes in. It's like you have to choose between the devil and the deep blue sea. It is the spirit of anomia, lawlessness, iniquity. I just don't know what gives you the right to make the rules. So now that we've discovered that men make them, guess what? Men can break them. And if there's no God, then the Ten Commandments are irrelevant. Do you see where we're going with this? 
uh, the whole of civilization is teetering on the edge of a collapse. <laughs> and I'm not a Fox News contributor, thank you very much. <laughs> but children are assuming more and more of this bold, and you know what? The people that listen to her, so she exercised her First Amendment freedom, and she went to the school board, she wrote out, I'm thinking, where are your parents? It's not that big of a deal, but she made a name for herself. I tore down a rule. Now, would I have fought over that rule? No, it's not a big deal. It's not a mountain I would have died on, but we've got people now who will die on any mountain because we're in a tear down world. So let me tell you the antidote to this anomia that will wear you out because it's everywhere now. Every society is tearing down its own rules. They don't have anything to replace it with, and I'm not making a political speech, but I have never in my life, I have lived to see communism be the number one enemy of the United States. I have lived to see in my lifetime the Soviet, the USSR, that republic was an enemy of the US and every American child my age and a little bit older knew it. I saw the Berlin Wall go down and now in my country I am hearing children who are young enough to be my children tell us that socialism is the way to go. We are now tearing down democracy. Now these are people that have no wisdom, no experience, but they've ganged the ear of the lawless because iniquity shall abound. Jesus said the love. Okay, so let's go to the love chapter. What chapter is that, Pastor? What is it? 1 Corinthians 13. Now let's see what the price is for tearing things down. Say, well, I'm just coming against, and I, I don't have a problem with changing laws that are ineffective, that hurt people. I don't have a problem with that. Hear me when I say, we are a nation of emancipated slaves because somebody said this is not right. I don't have a problem with that. I'm talking about the spirit of lawlessness that walks into a church and says, I don't want to do what you say. How come you do that? How come? And we spend all our time arguing the how comes because someone is contentious because there's a spirit of lawlessness. And you can excuse it any way you want. What it means is I'm going to pick a fight. And then once I win this one, I'm going to go pick another fight. Because I just like the feeling of tearing something down. And we're at 1 Corinthians 13. And the first chapter, the love chapter. He said, because of lawlessness, this is going to be the price. Go to the second verse. Third verse, fourth verse, love is long-suffering. So the next time a teenager, a rebellious teenager, tears down the structure of authority, you know what he's doing to himself? He's removing his ability 
to endure something for any length of time. Because love does what? Suffers. It can put up with stuff. It's strong. It's not a hair trigger temper. It's not a fly off the handle and get mad. It's not a, if you don't do what I say do. It's not pressure. It just endures. And guess what? Not only does it endure, because there are criminals that can endure. There are people that want to take vengeance who can endure. There are people filled with hate who can wait a long time for their moment. But this charity suffers long and is... Iniquity is going to abound. And that long-suffering kindness... See what I'm saying? Say, well, I don't need church. I don't need God. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I want somebody to tell me what to do. Because it tells me how I'm doing on the left hand and on the right. I don't want that spirit of tear down, tear down, tear down, tear down, tear down, tear down to get on me. I might start tearing down my own marriage. I might start tearing down my own children. I might start tearing down my own church. I might start tearing myself down. He said it suffers long and is kind. Charity would never pull the trigger on somebody just because they have something you wish you did. You hear about all these children who are killing each other because they got mad? Because you wouldn't let me play the video game? I didn't dream that up. I didn't make that up. I don't want to tell you anymore. I don't want to know it. But it's happening. Why? Lawlessness. I'm not going to submit to your authority. Charity doesn't puff itself up. Selfies. You know why I could preach against selfies and social media? Because there's a lack of it says, it doesn't go, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Where does that look at me mentality come from? Iniquity. You say, are you kidding me? I spend all my time on social media. I love social media. I'm the center of my world. There's a condition called narcissism. And you get lonelier and lonelier. You are the center of your own orbit. Uh, uh, why are you telling us this? I'm a mother in Zion and I'm giving you some words you better listen to and heed because you don't want to lose your love. He said it won't look at me, look at me and puffed up. Look at me. You know what's frightening to me? There are people who actually believe what they post on Facebook about themselves. Now that is scary. They think because they play a video game that is a race car that they can actually do that with a car. You think I'm playing. I'm telling you, I have experience with people who believe because they could play a video game. They could, couldn't make the connection between here and here. Next, not puffed up, doesn't behave unseemly dear God you have to walk around with blinders now because there's so much unseemly it's everywhere things people say things people post and things 
where I'm living here, what am I supposed to do? I can't, I'm not hiding in a cave. I have no intention of hiding in a cave. But he said, love doesn't act that way. Love is not self-seeking. Love doesn't have a hair trigger. Love doesn't think bad about everybody. Love doesn't project its own negativity. Love just, go ahead. Next verse. It isn't happy when someone is lawless. It doesn't go, you go, go get them. It's like, you're going to inherit that house of lawlessness. It rejoices in the truth. So that's what love does and does not. So what did Jesus say the anecdote is? In the book of Jude, Brother Justin, the first chapter, there's only one. Verses 20 and 21. He said, I know what hour you're going to live in. There are going to be people corner cutting everywhere at work not going to have a thing to do with church, but if you fall into it, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your love. You're not going to feel the same compassion. You know the danger. You know how, you know how kids justify what they're doing when they get, Mom, everybody's doing it. Everybody. I can't afford what it will cost me in my heart. If charity suffers long, then iniquity makes you impatient. If charity is kind, then iniquity will make you unkind. You follow me? Amen. I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm preaching to all of us. Verse 20, Brother Justin, one up. But you, beloved, and here are my four words to you. Building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You can't pray in the Holy Ghost if you've never received it. I didn't say that. The Bible says, the book, before the book of Revelation, which is the book of the end, he said, I love you. God loves you. Jesus said, Iniquity is going to abound. And for people who cross those lines, they're going to corner cut their own love. They're going to be the ones to feel the result. But he said, you beloved, build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, verse 21. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Build Pray, keep, and look. Those are the four things. Build something. I don't care if you didn't like the music today, you didn't like the food yesterday, you didn't enjoy the fellowship. You know, there is a moment when you and I make a choice. And you're going to hear so many negative things about yourself. In fact, people don't even have to say it. They can just look at you. Caitlin was telling me, I don't know where she is right now, but she was, she went downtown Newark, pastor to the roundabout, and she didn't do anything wrong, but there was a young man who was racing, and she got ahead of him. Didn't you say 18 seconds? She trimmed off 18 seconds of his journey. He rolled down his window, and the entire time he was turning, 
You realize what I'm doing, of course, don't you? <laughs> Sanctification. <laughs> he wanted her to know. Tearing. Yes. I'm going to tear you down. You made me mad. Tearing you down. No wonder Jesus said, pray for them that curse you. Bless them that despitefully use you. Love them because you know what you're protecting yourself against? You're protecting yourself against the iniquity that kills the love. He said, build yourself up. He didn't say do it by taking selfies and writing things on social media about how awesome you are, about how awesome your life is, and taking a picture of your latte. I don't know if anyone has ever done that, but I have seen pictures of latte with everything. I, so if you did it, forgive me. I'm not, I just remember seeing it and was like, do I need to know? that I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it very often, but every now and then I, I check pastor's account to see what's going on in the world. He said, build yourself up on this. This is whether you're 2, 20, 40, 102. He said, build yourself on your most holy faith. You know what that is? God I'm, I'm 20 here and I don't have a good job and, and I don't know what's going to happen to me. You saw these postcard testimonies. Do 20-somethings have anxiety? Are you serious? They're human. Everybody has anxiety. He said, when you feel that tearing you down, you're not married. You don't have a job. You're not pretty. You're not an athlete. Nobody cares about you. And you hear those voices. You get on social media. You say something wrong and there will be a million people who don't even know you who will cut you up to ribbons he said when you hear that voice and you're a 30 something and you haven't made your first million or you've got bills or you're going through marital problems or I don't care where you are he said you get back on something that can hold you up he said you've got a holy faith it's not in the government it's not in your marriage it's not in the church but it's in God who is the everlasting and he said go stand on me I can tell you what I can say at 60 the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And every time something new happens to me, and you in this church know a new thing that's been happening to me, and I'm trying to find my way in between this and that and what the doctors say, I say to myself, Jesus, you carried me when I was five. You carried me when I was 15. You carried me when I was 50. You're going to take me through at 60. What are you doing? I'm building myself up. If I build myself up on physical appearance, then I'm going to have to start chasing age. I don't know many, how many times you can get it pulled before your eyebrows are at the top of your head. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I don't know how they do that, but but people lose their eyebrows eventually, and they have to start drawing them on. 
I'm not making fun. I'm just telling you. I am having to choose at my age whether I am going to build myself up on you made me and you know me or I'm going to have to figure out how to solve this for myself. Jesus said, you are beloved. He said, no one can do this for you. I'd like to tell you, you're not going to have any problems in your marital life. I would love to tell you that your kids are never going to make you stay awake at night. I'd like to tell you, you are never going to make a mistake which would make you lay awake and wish you could turn back 10 years and just undo one thing you did that you've carried. I'd like to tell you that you've got the tiger by the tail and as long as you're young and strong and making good money, life's going to be good to you. But all it takes is one cancer cell in your body. All it takes is one infidelity in your marriage. All it takes is one stock market crash in the economy 2008 to take your world and rip it to shred. But if you have a God and you are beloved and you know how to build yourself up, you'll build yourself up on him and not you. He said, you still believe me? How much do I have to believe you? Let me tell you how much you have to believe him. Hallelujah. Matthew 17 and 20, put it up there. Put it up there, Justin. Matthew 17 and 20. He said, they said, Jesus, why couldn't we do this? He said, because you've got unbelief. In another place, he didn't even say you've got unbelief. He just said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. I told somebody this. I checked it out. It's true. My nails are short. I cut them. Pastor gave out mustard seeds not long ago. And guess what? That mustard seed could fit right under my index fingernail as short as it is. He said, if you had that much faith in God, of course in God, because the choice is, are you going to try to fix this yourself or are you going to give God a shot at you? Where's your faith? In you? Are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. What kind of problems are you going through that you think you can solve them? He said, if you'll build yourself, go back and get your little mustard seed faith because I gave everybody some. Even people who don't believe in me still have a little faith. They have to have faith to get in the car, to drive, to fly. They can say they don't believe in God. Fooey. They're just lying to themselves. They're deluded. Everybody's been given a measure. I know that everybody in this room has at least a mustard seed that fits under a fingernail. He said, if you have that much faith, you can say to a mountain, move. He said, I want you to build yourself up on that. I am the Lord. I'm the almighty God. When you don't trust yourself, you don't trust your parents, you don't trust your kids. He said, you can trust me. I am the Lord, I change not. And if you have been messing up and doing things that are wrong, I invite you to go to Psalms 107 in your free time because God answers the prayer of all kinds of people, including the lawless. It says after every description of every human being in that chapter, then they cried to the Lord. And the Lord hear their cry and delivered them out of all their distresses. So God is not saying jump through this hoop, this hoop, this hoop. I'm telling you if you are drunk somewhere in a party laying in your own vomit and you can come to yourself and say, God save me from where I am. Yeah. 
The Lord said, I'll come down and save you. But you're going to have to cry to me. Let's lift our hands right now. I want you to build yourself up on your faith. Say, I lost it. Would you trade your faith for an offense? Somebody make you mad and hurt your feelings? You gave up the mustard seed faith that moves mountains because someone hurt your feelings? I'm going to tell you how I feel about hurt feelings. God, don't let me let go of my love. I got to build myself up on my faith because I don't want to inherit a shack. At the end of my life, I want to be the real thing. Not a pretense of discipleship. The real deal. The real thing. Not a Janny come to church on Sunday, look all pretty, and then Monday cutting corners again. I'm going to have to hold on, Jesus. Can you take me through this? 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 Instead of letting people pull you down, it's time to build yourself up. He said, I love you. You can trust me. The second thing he said after build in a tear down world. He said, build yourselves up. Go back to Jude. On your most holy faith. And he said, pray. He said, I want you to pray. I want you to tell me your stuff. I want you to tell me when you're mad and when you're hurt and when you're vengeful and when you're angry and when you're offended. He said, tell me your stuff. Pray. And then he said, pray in the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what praying in the Holy Ghost is. It's that moment when you have already vented and you've gotten rid of all your junk and you've said, my dad hurt me, my mom hurt me, my boss hurt me, my wife hurt me, my kids hurt me. When you're finished with the I'm angry, I'm bitter, when you're done and all of a sudden there is a well of living water that springs up inside and you're not talking about you anymore. There's a scripture that says the Spirit helps our when we don't know what to pray for and all you can do is moan oh I'm struggling and all of a sudden you have a breakthrough and suddenly Jesus begins praying through you he said build yourself up on your faith praying in the Holy Ghost Old-timers used to call it pray through. Pray through you're mad. Pray through you're sad. Pray through your depression. Pray through, pray through until it isn't about you anymore and Jesus is doing the ministry. Oh, let's lift our hands right now. I don't know where you are, but we need some breakthroughs. We need some people who will say, God, I need to build myself up. I need to build. I need to pray. I need to keep. He said, keep yourself. Watch it now, watch it now. There came that three-finger salute. What are you going to do, Caitlin? What are you going to do? Lord, that young man is angry. He's going to inherit an angry life. He's getting in the habit of anytime anything makes him mad. Anytime there's a rule that offends him. Anytime there's a... But not me, Jesus. Bless that young man. Strengthen him, help him. 
What are you doing? Well, open the door, Caitlin, and let that anger in. Open that offense, come on. Blame God. Cheat on your mom and dad. Lie. Slip around, no one will ever know. No, but you're gonna change. You're gonna change. No, thank you. I think I'll just step back here and let the love of God stand between me. How measureless and strong. I just think I'll let the love of the Lord reach that boy and calm me down right now. I'm going to keep myself in the love that said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Say, you never fight. I fight all the time. Who do you fight? He says, go left, Janice. Nope. You're justified. You're justified. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. It won't hurt. You're being cheated. God's forgotten about you. Cut one corner. No, no. I'm going to wait on the Lord. Yeah, but if you don't, if you don't grab life by the horns, come on, you're going to be left behind. It's everywhere in advertising. Go for it. Just do it. Just leap. Just jump. Just be there. Just be all that. And while they're proclaiming, be all that. People are falling off cliffs, taking selfies. They don't tell you just two feet more and you're going to get the perfect shot, the perfect job, the perfect situation. Just leave the rock. Just leave your faith. You don't need it. And my God said, build yourself up on your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost for one reason, to stay in love, to stay in love. Because there's a lot of hate out there. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of strife. There's a lot of turmoil who made you bad this week who hurt your feelings this week he said you're going to have to keep yourself in the love of God praying in the Holy Ghost and this is what I want you to look for build pray keep I'm not going to say it I want to say it I won't what are you doing the carpenter went away and gave me some instructions he's going to give me the keys to the house I'm building. The carpenter went away. I have a mentor. They led him to the cross and said, oh boy, you won't play our game. We'll take you down. And Jesus said, it hurts. I'm dying. It's killing me. And on the third day, he said, hello, honey, I'm back. It's me again. I've come back. You say, but if I don't go with this guy, that girl, if I don't take that job, if I don't cut that corner, if I don't, and Jesus said, I'm giving you a chance to choose me over all those things and all those threats and all those seductions and all those manipulations. He said, build yourself up on me. Keep yourself Praying in the Holy Ghost, he said, pray. Keep in my love. And then finally he said, let me tell you what to look for. Don't look for your chance to get even. 
Don't look for your chance to make a quick buck. Don't look for your chance. He said, let me tell you what to look for while you're waiting for me. Look for mercy. Because you're going to see all kinds of things. And you know what the Bible says? It says his mercies are new every morning. So guess how often we need mercy in our life? Every morning. Every morning I need to get up and go. That's my girl. That's the Lord builder. Well, she messed up. She didn't call. She didn't. Forgive her. You know how I know a true mother when a kid messes up? And a kid can tell the truth to a mom. This is what the church is. You may not be able to go home and tell your mother she might disown you. But you can come into the mother church and say, God, I have failed. And do you know what mother will say? Yes, you have. We'll get through it together. Because there's only one place you're going to find M-E-R-C-Y. It is not on your job. It is not in your fraternity. It's not in your sorority. It's not on the squad. It's not on the team. With you have three strikes even in baseball, you are Jesus said, I'm not doing that with people. You're going to mess up if you'll keep coming back to me. I will cover you with mercy. He said, I want you to look for mercy. I'm on a mercy search. When I get up and I'm tired and weary and the day is long, I'm not looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm looking for mercy under every rock. Lord, I need mercy today. I need it for me because I didn't get everything done that I thought I would. Lord, I messed up here and I messed up there. I need mercy. And then I find people who mess up with me. And instead of me going, Pew, I've got a target on you and you got one shot, buddy, and you blew it. How people walk out of a church and walk out on God because somebody hurt their feelings when somebody should have been looking for mercy yes you did it but you had a bad day you need God nobody's perfect what are you doing making excuses no I'm looking for mercy I'm looking for mercy why because mercy is like a cool glass of water on a hot day it's when you should have been blasted you're not would you bow your heads and close your eyes Jesus we need your mercy and your grace we're living in a tear down society but God we're asking you to keep us we need to build ourselves up on the fact that you are God and you love us we are asking you Jesus to remind us to pray for what we need and then to let you pray through us. God, we're asking you to keep us in your love so we look for mercy of Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Mercy will keep us tender and hopeful. Instead of being offended, instead of being angry, Keep us from the iniquity and lawlessness of this out. God, and help us. Say, help me build. Say it with me. Help me build. Help me pray. Keep me in love. Show me your mercy.
Would you just lift your hands right now? She and Caitlin are coming.